Trong thế kỷ thứ 21 này, chúng tôi được đào tạo trong một môi trường khoa học. Chúng tôi chỉ tin qua những bằng chứng, những thí nghiệm cụ thể. Chúng tôi hoàn toàn bác bỏ những hình thức dị đoan mê tín hay tôn sùng cá nhân. Nhưng với sự vụ thanh hải và pháp môn mà Ngài truyền dạy, chúng tôi đã gặt hái những kết quả vô cùng kỳ diệu, bất khả tư nghị. Làm sao chúng tôi có thể cắt nghĩa cho được hiện tượng một chiếc xe chạy với hình tốc 100 số một giờ, bất tình lình một bánh trước bị nổ, mà chiếc xe vẫn ngừng lại một cách an toàn và những đệ tử ngồi bên trong vẫn không hề hấn gì. Và làm sao chúng tôi cắt nghĩa cho được sự kiện thấy lại hình ảnh của những người thân đã phất trở về cảm ơn với gương mặt rạng rỡ vui tươi. Những sự việc trên chỉ có thể cắt nghĩa rằng quá thân của sư phụ ở khắp mọi nơi từ cõi vô hình cho đến thế giới hữu hình và sẵn sàng giúp đỡ đến tất cả những ai thành tâm nhớ đến Ngài. Và Pháp môn quán âm trở thành một phương tiện hữu hiệu để báo ơn tổ tiên ông bà như chúng ta vẫn thường nói. Nhất nhân chứng đắc cụ quyền thăng. Thật ra cũng không có gì khác biệt giữa những người tu tập Pháp môn này và những người không tu tập. Chúng tôi cũng biết thưởng thức thế giới này cũng ham muốn nhưng giờ đây chúng tôi chuyển những ham muốn ấy trở thành những ham muốn cao thượng hơn và chúng tôi cũng không tha thiết lắm với sự tranh luận bởi vì sự tranh luận cũng bị giới hạn trong ngôn ngữ làm sao so sánh cho được với những chứng nghiệm của tâm linh những lỗi lầm chúng tôi cũng phải cũng mắc phải nhưng chúng tôi may mắn nhận được những lỗi lầm ấy qua những lúc thiền định kính thưa quý vị sự quyến luyến về quê hương khó mà phai lạc trong tâm hồn của chúng ta Chúng ta hãnh diện về nơi chôn nhau các rúng, dù nơi đó là một mảnh đất cằn cội, ngắn hạn, hay là những cánh đồng bao la bát ngát, màu mỡ, được bồi đắp bằng những con sông dài xinh xắn. Dù chẳng đi nữa, những hình ảnh đó cũng là một phần của đời sống chúng ta. Chúng luôn luôn hiện diện trong tâm thức, trong suốt một kiếp này. Rồi đây, qua những lần luân hồi, chúng ta lại có thêm những quê hương mới để mà nhớ nhung, và cũng bởi vì màn vô minh dày đặc mà chúng ta quên hẳn rằng chúng ta còn có một quê hương đích thực, Quê hương mà chúng ta cùng lớn lên, cùng chung kỷ niệm mà chúng ta đã quên, quên hẳn đi trong những ngày ngập lặng trong thế giới ta bà này. Chúng tôi muốn nói đến một quê hương yêu dấu tên gọi là Thiên Quốc, là thiên đường, là thế giới cực lạc, A-di-đà là Niết Bàn, là nơi mà tiếng khổ cũng không hà huống chi là chịu khổ. Quê hương này rất xa mà cũng rất gần. Rất xa là bởi vì ngộ nhận mà chúng ta cho rằng không có thực, nó chỉ gợi nhớ qua những chuyện thần tiên cổ tích. Để rồi chúng ta mặc nhiên chấp nhận không có một ai có thể đến nơi ấy được trừ Phật và Chúa mà thôi. Và cũng rất cần ngày hôm nay, Sư Phụ chúng tôi sẽ chỉ dạy cho chúng ta phương cách để trở về quê hương mà mọi người có thể diễn thăm ngay trong kiếp này. Chúng tôi hết sức hân quan giới thiệu với quý vị Sư Phụ Thanh Hải là người mà truyền ra các pháp môn quán âm để giúp cho chúng ta thoát khỏi dòng sinh tử luân hồi. So whatever happened, please even forgive me. Even if I speak something that you do not think you agree with or that you do not think uh, you like it, it's also all the will of God because I have no desire <laughs> to come here. I would prefer to sit in a mountain somewhere or in my room or in, next to the river or do whatever, just be like you, <laughs> having a very quiet, ordinary life. And uh, because I believe each one has got kingdom already, there's nothing for me to do at all in this world. But God's 
will is always different. It dictates the way I look, what I wear today, tomorrow, where I should go next month, and etc. I have just been reading some books like uh, Ramana Maharshi. Yes, he passed away long ago. Probably many of you know his name through books, and he was a great enlightened person. And he never traveled abroad. I don't blame him. Hmm. He just stay in his house, and a few people come visited him, or a handful of European and Indian people visited him. And some people asked me, why should the Master never go out and teach his way of enlightenment for people, if he's supposed to have compassion at all, or wisdom at all? At that time, I thought, yeah, they're right. If the Master is enlightened and compassionate and have love, and then he should come out. But then he never did. He said, what for? What for? If he comes out and people not necessarily believe him, and what can he say? He can't introduce himself as, I'm an enlightened Master and I have such and such power and so and so. If he does, people probably think uh, he's telling his fairy tale. And if he doesn't, how do people understand that he's enlightened? It's very difficult for him to speak of himself, even though he is sure of himself. And mostly when uh, a master or anyone who goes out in the public to try to share something that they sincerely believe in, uh, they mostly meet with opposition, a misunderstanding. Mm. That's why people kill Jesus, for example. But nowadays, in this century, it is ordained that no master should be killed anymore. We are in a more civilized age and no longer in the barbarous uh, stage of development. I'm glad that it is so, that it's not necessary to shed blood in order to rescue the so-called sinners. And we should not even demand that in any way, or we should not even think of that way anymore, because in each century, human beings continue to develop as more and more master grace our earth and brought enlightenment to the minds of the majority of the people who were ready, who forsake the flesh for the spirit, who would like to learn to die so that they will begin to live. Most of the time, when I'm willed by God to go around like this, exposing myself to the public for all kind of comments, I'm not unwilling to go, I'm not unwilling to go. But sometimes the game is too serious, <laughs> and most people play too seriously, so it's no fun. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have enjoyed and combined business with pleasure and had a little bit more fun, by the way. But most of us are too serious. We play the game of life, and we learn the lesson in our worldly 
this so-called drama is too seriously. And many people cannot laugh, yeah, and they dare not cry sometimes for fearing other people take advantage of their emotion. But it is uh, the correct so, because emotion is the thing that we should fear. Because of emotion, we tend to act over-excitedly uh, about some matter that we do not agree, or we think that is not correct, or is not according to our opinion. Because of emotion, some of the uh, world war has broken out, apart from power struggle, of course, and economical reason. There is emotion in it. Sometimes it starts just between the two or three people or a group, and then we have war, started from there. And sometimes religious wars also started through or by or from emotion. These are the things sometimes we should uh, take time to consider and ponder whether it is worthwhile. And sometimes some people suggest that we forsake something or sacrifice something in order to attain something else, maybe of greater value, and we probably gone berserk. <laughs> we didn't like it, and we react very emotionally so. Of course, we have forgotten that uh, we can't worship both the Word and God. If we couldn't forsake the flesh for the Spirit, then we have not begun to live the eternal life. It is difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. What does it mean by rich men? The comfortable life, the easy-going style, the material uh, fulfillment of our daily life. But these things we can all have, we can all have. It's just probably we can minimize so that our life will become more spiritual, more relaxed, so that we become closer to God. Take, for example, the vegetarian diet that I'm always in trouble with. <laughs> I wish I could give you without, because it costs you more trouble than I'm asking for. Cause trouble everywhere, just because that's piece of beef. <laughs> Nothing better than that. Now, for example, that uh, diet, it is scientifically proved that it's good for our health even, and it's economically beneficial to the whole world. It's not me who says, it's all these scientists and researchers who say these things. And you may look at these bookstores and find these informations concerning this yourself, which are plenty in your country, I believe, today. In English language, you can find anything which scientifically approved and tested. Yeah. And also, uh, from many standpoints, if you have been associated with uh, yogis and other uh, practicing the peace of mind, 
you would, uh, of course, know before I mention even that they all of them, or most of them, prefer or know that the vegetarian diet is better, is the best when they meditate, when they want to practice peace of mind. Mm. Because the flesh diet is more active. Some of the diseases related to meat consumption and or production. Fatal prion diseases transmissible through air or milk. Rabies, anthrax, sleeping sickness, Q fever, norovirus, swine flu, Ebola restin virus. Cured meats and fish increase leukemia risk in children. Antibiotic resistant superbug infections from a strain of Staphylococcus aureus. Blue tongue disease, E. coli, salmonella, bird flu, mad cow disease or Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, 90% of the population at risk, pig's disease or PMWS, listeriosis, shellfish poisoning, preeclampsia, campylobacter, clostridium difficile, diseases hidden in healthy appearing livestock, some of the costs of meat eating, Infertility. Eating just one serving of meat per day increases the risk of women's infertility by 32%, with additional meat consumption increasing the risk. Heart disease. Over 17 million lives lost globally each year. Cost of cardiovascular disease is at least 1 trillion US dollars a year. Cancer. Increased childhood cancers and adult reproductive cancers from hormones in meat. Colon rectal cancer. Over 1 million new colon cancer patients diagnosed each year. More than 600,000 colon cancer-related mortalities annually. In the United States alone, colon cancer treatment costs about 6.5 billion US dollars. Millions of people are newly diagnosed with other meat-related cancers every year. Diabetes. 246 million people are affected worldwide. An estimated 174 billion US dollars spent each year on treatment in just the United States. Obesity. Worldwide, 1.6 billion adults are overweight, with 400 million more who are obese. Costs 93 billion US dollars each year for medical expenses in the United States alone. At least 2.6 million people die annually from problems related to being overweight or obese. Environmental. Use up to 70% of clean water. Pollute most of the water bodies. Deforest the lungs of the earth. Uses up to 43% of the world's cereal. Uses up to 85% of the world's soy. Cause world hunger and wars. 80% cause of global warming. Plus more. Some of the costs of milk consumption. Cowpox from milking cows. Bacterial microbes, pesticides and enzymes found in cheese derived from the inner stomach linings of other animals. Up to 80% of the calories in cheese are from pure fat. Breast, prostate and testicular cancer from hormones present in milk. Hysteria and Crohn's disease. Hormones and saturated fat leads to osteoporosis, obesity, diabetes and heart disease linked to higher incidences of multiple sclerosis, classified as a major allergen, lactose intolerance, plus more. 
For more urgent information, please visit www.suprememastertv.com forward slash killers. There are many foods, just like medicine, they have different effects on the body. For example, if we say these don't have any effect at all, then it is unscientific. If nothing affects us through the things we put in our mouth, then if we drink poison, we will not die. Or we take anesthetic, we will not be unconscious for a while, so that the doctor can give us operation and we feel nothing about it. So there are certain things in life, materially, we affect our state of consciousness as well as our body, and also mental. So when we take drugs, we are very blurred and uh, sometimes unconscious. We take alcohol and we're drunk, sometimes we have headache, or we can't walk straight. Yeah, certain kind of things in the material kingdom will affect us uh, more or less. That you know. Some of the tragic tolls of addictive drug abuse. Over 200,000 deaths each year. Costs of 181 billion U.S. dollars each year in the United States. 33 billion U.S. dollars in the U.K. Lifetime cost of current drug addiction amounts to 575 billion U.S. dollars in the U.K. Harmful effects, brain damage, stroke, heart disease, liver disease, tuberculosis, emphysema, cancer, depression, suicide, permanent memory loss, mental illness, higher infant mortality, increased crime and violence, impotence. Crime and violence. Illegal drugs are a factor in 50% of burglaries in the United Kingdom each year. In the U.S., 60% of people arrested each year have been taking illegal drugs. 650 heroin addicts in the U.S. committed 70,000 crimes in a three-month period. Social costs. U.S. businesses lose $100 billion U.S. dollars per year due to employees' drug and alcohol abuse. Australians pay $53 billion U.S. dollars per year for health care, law enforcement, and lost productivity of drug users. Environmental costs. Every gram of cocaine produced destroys 4.4 square meters of rainforest, with 300,000 hectares of rainforest lost each year to cocaine production. Death. 52 people die each day due to drugs in the U.S. In Canada, substance abuse is attributed to 21% of total deaths and 23% of potential life years lost due to early mortalities. Plus more. For more urgent information, please visit www.suprememastertv.com forward slash killers. Some of the tragic tolls of tobacco, 5.4 million smoking-related deaths per year worldwide, cost of smoking-related illnesses, 96 billion U.S. dollars in the United States alone, depression, light and mild cigarettes just as harmful, causes cancer and diseases in animal companions, speeds the aging process. 
toxic residues of third-hand smoke, heart disease, coronary thrombosis, cerebral thrombosis, kidney failure, cancer, mouth, liver, breast, and colorectal cancer, lung cancer, esophagus cancer, kidneys cancer, bladder cancer, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, emphysema, bronchitis, stroke, impotence, additional harms for secondhand smoking, childhood arteriosclerosis, leading to heart attacks and strokes in adulthood, sudden infant death syndrome, infertility, miscarriages and premature deliveries, childhood asthma, bronchitis, ear infection, cleft lip or palate, hyperactivity and aggression in asthmatic boys, circulatory problems in women, plus more. For more urgent information, please visit www.suprememastertv.com forward slash killers. Therefore, the food we take also affects us mentally, uh, bodily, also spiritually. And this has been proved since the time immemorial. It's not me who decides who eats what. I'm just offering the way to complete awareness of your own great self, should you willing and like to take it. And we do this with all our own financial resource. And we do not expect anything from you at all. I've earned all my money by painting, by interior design, and all my disciples have to work in order so that we can make some contribution for the world, to which we own a lot of love and nourishment since we are a child. I'm doing you no benefit. I'm just following the will of God also to contribute something to the world while I am still here. So take it as our goodwill or leave it as your free will. I'm only here because God made me to be here. Otherwise, to me, the world is all right. <laughs> God runs it. I have no concern. Before, I had illusion about saving the world. That's why I left home and want to get enlightenment, etc., because I saw so much suffering around the world. But after a few years now, I understand it's all God's will. And nothing for me to do at all. But He made me do something. Perhaps if He let me sit idle somewhere in the mountain, it's also no good. <laughs> I will also be rotten and also die one day, so He made me die on the road, perhaps. <laughs> So all these things are easily understood when we are in a very calm state of mind and put aside our excitement and prejudice. In the ancient time, if we want to learn this kind of enlightening method, it's not easy. Therefore, uh, most of the people make a myth out of enlightenment that is reserved only for some exclusive people 
who look like angel and saintly with bear flowing and white robe flowing and walking in the air and things like that. Why well, should be? <laughs> Maybe judging from my experience around the world, it should be. It's so difficult <laughs> to convey <laughs> to the people at large how easy it is since they have been so used to with struggle and complicated life. But I can assure you again and again, it's very easy. If I can do it, such a small person like me, you can do it probably better. You have more strength. Your brain is bigger than me, judging from size. You're taller, stronger, and you have accomplished more than I have in your life. Your country is more civilized than perhaps my country, or supposed to be my bodily country. Yes. My country is much more civilized than any country on earth. But that I can't prove to you, so I don't talk about it. <laughs> I can prove to you if you come with me, yes, but I can't prove if you stay here and don't want to follow. I can't show you London unless you come with me, for example, yes. In the old time, most of the masters, they do not go publicly to preach what they know. Because first, for a simple reason, that uh, any master would believe that there's nothing to do for them. They have become accustomed to looking upon our brothers and sisters as God manifestation. And all of them has God inside. Therefore, they feel they have absolutely nothing to do. Lao Tzu, he says the same. He says, there's nothing to do under the sun, under heaven, yes. But then again and again, sometimes people discover them, or it is by the will of God that the people discover them, then they will be in the spotlight. And then one by one, two by two, and then the so-called master will be forced into the open. But then, at that time, because of the, uh, the media and the, uh, so many inconveniences, about politics and the, uh, the situation prevailing at that time. So not many masters are truly are widely known around the world. We didn't have enough communication, we didn't have enough transportation uh, convenience. Therefore, most people, whoever can know these kind of uh, master, look upon them as sacred as holy, as rare, as respected, very rare species. Nowadays, if a master do the same thing, then of course only a handful of people know. But then it's still more than the olden day, when there is no communication system available. In the old time, we do not have enough material comfort. Therefore, there's not much to cling to, not much to be attached to, or it's not hard to put down. And today, we have too much of these 
available to us. It is very good that we have advanced to a greater height of civilization, but it is sometimes, in some occasion, it may be a good hindrance to our spiritual quest. Uh, Buddha also say, if you have such a comfortable life, if you're in heaven, it's difficult to practice to become Buddha. Means it's difficult to attain the complete awareness. We may be able to uh, attain part of it, that's what he meant, but not the complete enlightenment. The complete enlightenment, of course, has its price. Our fellow practitioners also have uh, many uh, different degree. <laughs> Those who truly dedicate their life for spiritual practice, of course they forsake everything that is not uh, conducive uh, for their uh, spiritual attainment. Yeah. Some would like to just uh, have a little bit of benefit without sacrificing too much. So we have two types of uh, practitioners. These two types of course, we give them different uh, guidance according to their wish. So, for example, in Singapore, uh, we would give initiation to the people who willingly commit themselves wholeheartedly to the spiritual practice. Most of us are so great inside, but we do not care to recognize it. That is all. Therefore, there is a difference between the so-called saint and the ordinary, also saint. We call some people saints when they are aware of their inner inheritance from heaven, and they can make use of this power for their benefit, or for the benefit of the immediate uh, entourage, and for the benefit of their country and the whole world. Such a saint not necessarily go out and preaching to the public. He may just sit somewhere and people will go and find him, although a little bit limited in number. And the saint's teaching is not necessary to use language. Language is very secondary in nature in conveying the message of heaven. There is one way, the highest way, from inside, and using the wisdom, using the heavenly language to convey, and that doesn't need the master present, nor master speech. But in our world, if we do not use language, sometimes people cannot understand, cannot clear the doubt in their intellectual understanding or in their mind. Therefore, language is a second choice in some cases. But when it comes to actual transmission or recognizing the self, the master doesn't need to speak. Both have to be silent the master and the, the so-called master and the so-called disciples. Both of them speak in silence, and that is the highest form of speech. It's only when uh, 
any master go out in the public that uh, people expect him to speak, then the master has to do so. But while speaking, there is other thing underground, in silence, is also given to the uh, ready audience, or the disciples. Therefore, some people will see some wonders while listening to the lecture, or seeing the Master radiating light, or seeing the whole uh, lecture hall filled with light, and all the people kind of uh, engulfed in the light. In this material world, we often ask for material miracles. Therefore, perhaps sometimes the Master has to resort to miracles in order to attract people to come and then give them something immaterial. But that's a very rare case. Because, uh, for example, there is a Master who always works miracles. And people don't talk about his greatness or his enlightenment, just talk about miracles all the time. <laughs> I said, you know, such and such, oh, he can do that, he can uh, materialize that, and all you hear about is uh, ring and necklace and all kind of things, and you hear nothing from heaven. That can have a side effect on the people who are material-minded, too materialistic-minded. Therefore, most of the master avoid to use miracles or use it in silence and underground, <laughs> and only the one who receives it knows it. And mostly the people around him or her doesn't know, even the very close disciples or the close to the beneficiary doesn't know, <laughs> except when they are together, for example, in an accident or something like that, then they would know. Mm -hmm. Many times I am asked by people who uh, go into a private interview, that I should bless them, heal their sickness here and there, <laughs> one and another. And I, I was often, you know, just speechless. I was thinking, I am giving you the whole kingdom, and you only want that. You only want this physical, ephemeral body. And even if I cure you today, you get sick again tomorrow. Eventually, we will die anyhow. But most of the people who came to interview are so materially preoccupied that I can't say much more. Even if I told them that the whole healing power is within themselves, if they only turn into the kingdom of God within, they have everything. God will bless them with all kind of things that we can't even imagine. We will achieve even in the deepest prayer. I have found that uh, many of us have no self-confidence, no faith in our greatness, in our supreme power. And that is the only problem. That is the only sin that we commit that worth talking about. Otherwise, in my opinion, no one sin at all. Just the force of karma which is at work, which drives them to do this and that, to go here and there, to be good or to be bad.
except when these persons, for some exceptional merit, they come in contact with some saint and sincerely sit in the presence of the saint and derive direct monetic blessing, then they change their life. They feel different. They feel love searching in them. They feel power steering within themselves. They feel the wisdom awakened. Why we are often sick, or people have sickness, despite all the medical advancement and all the luxurious life that we can afford. It is because we are out of touch with our supreme power, which regulates all things, which runs the whole universe. We go against it, or we are ignorant of it. That is the cause of all our misery. I wouldn't say that anyone who have initiation or enlightened and all disease will disappear immediately, although in many occasions it happened with our fellow practitioners that I know of. In many occasions it happened immediately, that I know. But not because they came for uh, physical fitness, just because they were so sincere, they tried to look for God, that even their physical discomfort also disappeared. But I wouldn't say that everyone would fall into this category. But gradually, even each one will achieve this state of ease and comfort. And all the disease of the body, disease, disease of the body, will disappear in a great percentage. And even sometimes, through their merit of remembering, emerging in the supreme power inside, they can even affect a cure or two <laughs> uh, in their immediate circle. Not to talk about the Master. And this kind of curing or healing doesn't bring about the bad karma, of interfering the law of nature upon the shoulder of the disciple, because he does without knowing. He does, but not using any material or uh, psychic power to boost his ego or to make the one who receives benefit worship him as a, a healer. Therefore, the law of karma doesn't apply in this case. But in many cases, should a healer using his own psychic power or the uh, strength of mental power to cure somebody, then the curer himself know about it, and the patient also knows about it. Therefore, it bears the karmic mark upon their mind. In our past, even though we don't advocate the use of miracle power, it happens anyhow and all the time. And we do not accumulate any karmic debt for interference with the law of nature. 
because we do it without doing. And our ego would not grow greater and bigger every day because we don't know when we kill that person and how we did it. It's just we know that there is grace from providence probably go through our body as instrument or our presence and to cure that person. We might know it, but we can never be sure, therefore our ego is not in danger to grow oversized. Therefore, if we truly look for miracles or any power at all, we should look first to the supreme power and then everything else will come into our life without we wish. That's why Jesus said, Seek you first the kingdom of God, and then all the things shall be added unto you. All the Master actually work together. By thy fruit shall thou be known. We teach people all the good things that to keep the social security in order, like you do not steal people, you do not commit adultery, and you do not take alcohol and that, and teach people meditation to quiet their mind. Some of the tragic tolls of alcohol. 2.3 million alcohol-related deaths per year worldwide. Cost of alcohol-related illnesses. 186.4 billion U.S. dollars in the United States. Up to 210 to 665 billion U.S. dollars globally. Disease. Higher amounts of alcohol increase the cancer risk. Even half a glass of wine daily increases the risk of mouth or throat cancer by 168%. Cancer of the liver, breast, colon, esophagus, rectum. Liver disease. Cardiovascular disease. Metal toxicity. Brain damage. Amnesia and dementia. Brain shrinkage. Organ failure, heart, liver, kidneys, stomach, pancreas, eyes. Birth defects, children afflicted by anxiety and depression, mental retardation, fetal alcohol syndrome, stunted growth, facial deformity, sudden infant death syndrome, miscarriage. Alcohol-related violence, child abuse, 50% of cases. Violence toward loved ones, 30% of cases. Violent acts, 40 to 80% of cases. Suicides, 20 to 50% of cases. Plus more. For more urgent information, please visit www.suprememastertv.com forward slash killers. And if you see our so-called disciples or fellow practitioners are beaming with happiness, with love from within themselves, then you know that it is the good fruits. And doesn't matter what I teach or which path that doesn't agree with you, you should know this is correct. Any master would only like to see the world or the worldly people in this kind of condition, peaceful, loving, intelligent, and obedient to the law of providence. That is the only proof 
and very solid proof. No need for me to talk a great deal, to argue with anyone, or to prove any further about the correctness of our way of life. There are probably other ways of life. I mean, many roads lead to the mountain. It's all right. It's perfect. But some roads are more rocky, more difficult to climb, and some roads are easy. (laughs) So our road is easy. That's all. Suppose you think your road is easier. It's fine. It's fine. As long as you reach the mountain, and then we will see each other. (laughs) If someone is on top of the mountain, he saw that there's no differences. As long as he's not yet on the mountain, he probably will argue. It is very strange that we could sacrifice a lot of things just to achieve some very temporary uh, purpose. For example, many people would undergo hardship forsaking the comfort of their warm home and also many comfort that they can afford at their hometown to climb the Everest or other very difficult and cold and dangerous peaks in the world or to go into the desert to make an expedition just because they like it. So, after they arrived or when they set about to climb or to go to the mountain, we know all these people are truly serious. (laughs) They are very sincere in their effort to achieve what they want. Similarly, if we truly love God, then we do not mind any sacrifice at all. If it is truly a sacrifice. Many people ask me, why vegetarian diet? I eat meat and I am enlightened. Is okay or not? I say, yes, okay. <laughs> okay. But mine not smooth and not complete. And also you probably have many side effects or a hindrance on your path. And it, you waste a lot of effort probably you will not get very high. Sometimes have trouble. If you think about it, wouldn't it be easier for me just to give initiation at random anyone at all who comes into my hands so that I get more famous <laughs> and more people and more everything at all? Just because of the vegetarian diet, every time we lecture, Not all of the people come, maybe not even half of the people come. If you have difficulty in vegetarian diet, I have even more difficulty introducing it. So think about it. I sacrifice everything that I have, financially, time, youth, family comfort, just for what? Just to get this difficulty, just because of non-vegetarian diet. So it must be something. You think about it. There are many prizes for different jewelry. Huh? Okay. So please do not uh, uh, blame me for or get excited over this uh, little piece of meat. It's not worth it. It's below your dignity to do so. God couldn't care less whether we eat beef or we eat uh, chicken or we eat cabbage. It's we who care.
we have to at least show that we are determined to see God above anything, let alone just a little piece of meat, which is not forced upon us anyhow. It is very uh, sad that we have to always discuss <laughs> these uh, very small things, which to some of you or many of you seem so important, more important than God, more important than enlightenment, more important than all my sincerity and love offered at your door, at my cost and my convenience, and at the convenience and cost of all my disciples from Sydney and Taiwan and from all over the world. They came to help me with their own finance, their own time. They sacrificed everything. Some of them are not uh, going to get married. They live in tents with me in order so that we have saved enough finance to come here or other places to see you and other people of the world, according to God's will. So I hope today, after you go home, whether with or without initiation, you may ponder over something which is above materialism above the care and importance of this ephemeral, fleshly clothes, which we change after a few years into where and which clothes we do not know. If you want to know, we offer you this opportunity, and you may select which planet you go later, which kind of places that you prefer to go according to your achievement. But if you would not like to select it, you prefer to go unknowingly with the angel of death or the angel of life, then you may do so. And I wish you a good journey wherever you choose to go. Thank you very much. Please briefly outline Guanin Method and why this method is better than others. Quaning method is not really a method because when I supposed to <laughs> teach you the method, I'm just in silence and you were also in silence. But then you will hear the word of God, the music of heaven. And this music will wake you up from the slumber of your sleep and your, the God power within us, the Supreme Wisdom, will begin to work again in a proper way. We came to this human life just so that we can bless the world, using this Supreme Power. So if we don't use this to bless the world, then we often are mostly in misery. That's the cause of the misery of the world. That's why after the Kuan Yin so-called method transmission, most of the disciples, the advanced, quicker disciples, they will be always in happiness. And whatever they do is fast, efficient, and very clear. And they have bliss, security within, because they have fulfilled their duty as a human being on earth. We are not being human for nothing, not just to eat, to sleep, to have children, and to die. It's not the human purpose. So the word within us is the supreme power that we have it, inherited from the Godfather. So we have to use it. 
we are human. Everyone says human life is so precious. But in which way? Just so that we live to 60 or 70 years and we die mostly in sickness or misery without any wish fulfilled? Is that all there is to human life? Think about it. Yeah? Kuan Yin Method helps you to know your own power and use it to bless the world. Bless yourself, of course, you are included. <laughs> How long does it take to get enlightenment? That long. At the time of initiation, you just sit and you got it. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Animals are living beings, but also plants and vegetables are living beings. They feel and sense killing in a more subtle way than animals. So where's the difference, and why be vegetarian if we need the proteins and amino acids and vitamin B12 of meat? All this vitamin B you can find in yeast, <laughs> even. The plants have life, same with the wood and everything else. But when you cut a branch of tree or plants, it grows into two, three more. When you cut the head of an animal, it doesn't grow anymore. The Buddha also ate vegetarian, and God has said that He uh, give us fruits and herbs in the field for our food. So we shouldn't reject His offer. Huh? <laughs> I think it will be offending to God if we don't take vegetarian diet, because He offered it to us. And go home and look at the uh, Old Testament, first page. Will everyone who gets initiated gain liberation or enlightenment? For sure. Provided he doesn't desire to go back to his old way of life. But he will get liberation anyhow, just take a longer and more suffering for him, because he desired. Enlightenment, you get it right away anyhow. Taste of the enlightenment at the time of initiation. Just like you go and learn French with a French teacher, if he doesn't teach you one or two sentences at once, how do you know if he's a French teacher or he knows French at all? At least you know some sentences in the first of your class. Similarly, when you come in for initiation, you have the taste of enlightenment right away. Some portion, even small portion of enlightenment. And then from then on, you go on more enlightened each day, more portion of enlightenment each day, until you completely realize that you are great, that you have the kingdom of God truly within yourself. Do you believe that the Supreme Maker of the universe, Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. That True. No, that yes. no no one can enter heaven, God's home, except by Jesus. Yes, it's true. Every master say that. Jesus is the name of his body. Christ is his title. Every master should have his Christ power. Therefore, in a sense, Jesus never died. Jesus worked through all the masters, throughout centuries, throughout the ages, to liberate, enlighten us, the ignorant, still left behind. Jesus alone cannot enlighten us if he is gone. 
Of course, he can, he can be in some degree. But we are human, we can't get in touch with him when he is in the a higher sphere. Therefore, a physical master is necessary. But the Christ power works through any physical master who is destined or posted to be at that time. Therefore, when Jesus said he was the only way and the only one, he spoke the absolute truth. But so does any master when the master was alive. I know it's a trouble with clinging to the Bible. Same with many of the Buddhists. The Bible and the scripture is excellent evidence of the past master, but also excellent stumbling block for our intellectual attachment. I know it. I know it's very difficult. I only can wish you the best wishes, and I can only be patient to wait until the time comes that you understand. The Bible is only a record of a supermaster who has graced our earth. But what about those before Jesus and after Jesus? Those after Jesus probably will say, okay, we hear his name and we get redeemed. But how? Billion, trillions years before Jesus, there were no one to rescue them or what? Father is so merciless that to send only one, one son and only one time, could he be so stingy, you think? If Jesus really redeemed all of us, can you truly answer me? Why we are still in ignorance? Many things we don't know. Heaven we can't contact. To some people can, some people can. When they pray very deeply, sincerely to Jesus, probably he appeared to them and teach some of them, but very few. He didn't appear to all of us. But to our disciple, he would, because we know how to contact him. We can ascend up to his level and get his teaching directly. I'm not teaching anything different. If you would like to see Jesus and God, I just help you. If you would like to see Buddha, I help you. That's all. But if you believe it, instead of clinging to a past record of a great master, most of which we do not understand. What is the deepest obstacle to achieve enlightenment? The greatest obstacle is you don't want it. Otherwise, I offer it at your doorstep, no cost, no condition, no binding, nothing at all, absolutely whatsoever and forever. I used you don't want it. That's the greatest obstacle that I can think of. Why the people call you master? Why not? Hmm? There's so many master. Master degree in science, master of Smith, master of jewelry, master of huh? machinery, any kind of master. If I'm teaching them something and that has an effect for them, it makes their life better, smoother, more beautiful, more blessed, more blissful, more happy, and more joy, and more wise, why shouldn't they call me master? Hmm? But it doesn't matter to me, you can call me brother, sister. Yeah, some people call me small sister, some people call me a uh, little high, <laughs> a high, yeah. <laughs> and they call me many names, some people call me mommy, uh, mama. Yeah, they call me many things. I don't mind. <laughs>
What is the difference between you and I? Not that I know of. <laughs> the only difference is that perhaps you have denied yourself of the greatest privilege that our Father has endowed upon us both. You have denied. That's the only difference. Does the karma of a person influence the enlightenment process? That is, when initiated by yourself, Master. Uh, yes, it does to some degree. It does to some degree. But the past karma, which lies in the store of the subconsciousness, uh, we can use the Master power to erase it, so that no trace for it to the future rebirth. But the present bad karma we have to undergo, otherwise we die immediately after initiation. <laughs> if we have no more take and give in this world, we can't exist. Therefore, the present karma means what is already written in this life that we have to undergo, we should undergo. But due to the grace of the supreme power that is within us, after awakening, we will have it smoothly or minimized or have it undergone in dream only. For example, you're supposed to be stabbed by someone, wounded heavily, but after initiation you dream about it only and then you don't have it in life. But when you woke up, probably the wounded place is still hurt. If you forgot it, then you don't know why. But the bad karma will be gone. Something like that. But bad karma we must pay in some form or another. Or maybe the master sometime take it, some part of it for you or completely. depends on whether you can bear it or not. So that's why Jesus had to sacrifice because the sins of many of his disciples and the person that he cured and those person that killed him he even forgive them. Therefore, he has to undergo suffering. Many masters do that, still do. Not under the form of crucifixion, but in different form, mental anguish, bodily discomfort, slandering, or demanding of all kinds of sacrifice from the disciples or from the world at large. Or for example, it doesn't matter how much the master sacrificed, the people keep demanding more and more and keep uh, being kind of uh, tormenting the master. It is also a kind of crucifixion, anyhow, but it doesn't appear on the cross. It appears in daily life or in the mission of the master. You do not know this until you become one. <laughs> Can one take the first initiation, eating meat, then take the second initiation if one feels a higher pull? I would uh, give you the second initiation instead and, and forego the first. <laughs> Wait until you're ready and come. Okay? Why force yourself? Why force yourself? If meat is better than God, then you better wait, huh? It's all right. God give us all the free will. Hmm? Don't worry about that. God doesn't get angry <laughs> or doesn't push us. We choose what we want to do, but do it wholeheartedly if we want to succeed. 
Hmm? You can't just uh, tell the girl and say, oh, honey, I love you very much. Should we just uh, pretend to get married first? But I will have a couple of affairs, and then later when I'm settled down, I we marry again. Is that okay? <laughs> In life, we can't do that. Hmm? Never mind making a deal with God. <laughs> I think we're too clever for God. That's why he didn't. He shake his head and sit up there. I didn't want to come down. Can you tell us the practice that the disciples have to do after they receive your initiation? They carry on with the meditation which has been instructed to them. And they carry on with their ethical conduct and the vegetarian diet. They meditate as much as they can. They keep the precepts and not uh, deliberately violate the law, that's all of nature. Some of the benefits of a vegetarian diet lowers blood pressure, lowers cholesterol levels, reduces type 2 diabetes, prevents stroke conditions, reverses atherosclerosis, reduces heart disease risk 50%, reduces heart surgery risk 80%, prevents many forms of cancer, stronger immune system, increases life expectancy up to 15 years, higher IQ, saves 70% of the total cost of 40 trillion US dollars for reducing global warming, uses 4.5 times less land to grow food, conserves up to 70% clean water, saves 80% of the cleared Amazonian rainforest from animal grazing, a solution for world hunger, free up 3.4 billion hectares of land, free up 760 million tons of grain every year, half the world's grain supply, consumes one-third fossil fuels of those used for meat production, reduces pollution from untreated animal waste, maintains cleaner air, saves 4.5 tons of emissions per U.S. household per year, stop 80% of global warming, Plus more. And whenever they have problem, uh, obstacle in their meditation, they will write to me or call inside for help. Yeah, that's what they do, and they carry on with their daily work, just as before, just maybe more lovingly more aware of their responsibility in this world and more effectively since they have more intelligence and more original power from within, not from the computer brain. How can you tell the difference between a frail soul and a bad soul? You mean uh, someone who not deliberately want to do bad things and just give in to temptation and that. Well, they are weak. It's not the soul, it's the mind the mind that is weak. And if they have uh, also a weak <laughs> and tempting uh, association with them, then of course their frailty grows <laughs> uh, greater each day. But if they associate with stronger uh, character who is more noble in bearing and manner and thinking, then they will get stronger. And there is no such thing as bad soul. All souls are good from God, only the bad minds. The mind, the computer, the brain, 
registered many things, bad or good, and he put it out accordingly each day. Now, if a person is associated often with a very so-called rough background, then he gets acquainted with this kind of habit, and his brain registered only these kind of so-called bad actions. And therefore later, in similar circumstances, are they registered too much, and we give our daily the same information. Therefore we call that person bad. Actually, we should call he has a bad habit. <laughs> it's not bad soul. Our habits, good or bad, depends on uh, whom we are associated with. In India, people very much praise and uh, hope for the association with the uh, great practitioner whom has peace of mind and who radiates invisible energy who heals anyone who comes to him or to her. This is what we call satsanga, means the association with those who know the truth, who turn toward the truth and who understand completely the truth. They even go to the extent as to say that if such a person who are always in tune with the truth, uh, with God, with the supreme power within, they just look at you once and your life changed. So the association is very important. There's no such thing as bad soul or good soul. Why do some people never experience God even after so many sacrifices? because they go the hard way. God has prescribed a way for us to get in touch with Him, and we deny it. We show this to you. The way we show to you, that's the way to get contact with God. There are probably other ways. Then go and find them. If you don't feel appeal to this way, then try to find another way. Whichever way you find, if that gives you the light of heaven and the sound of God, that's the correct way, because these are the signal from heaven. These are the manifestation of our wisdom inside, which can lead us back home. How does one overcome fear in daily lives? If we don't know God, it's difficult to overcome many things, not only fear. I was very shy before. You don't know me. I hardly had any friends. I don't speak much. And uh, I'm often alone, even now, even now. If I'm not come out speaking to you, or if nobody requests me to come out see them, I'm always in my room, or in my tent, or wherever I am. I'm not coming out or go out to, to play or disco or shopping. I don't do anything like that. I'm very shy. And if after seeing people in the airport, if they don't give me a quick exit, I, I will grow very moody <laughs> because I'm very shy to see people over a long period. I like to disappear as quick as possible. But then, even before, I, I can't imagine talking to a large audience like that. I never talk. I don't know how to talk. But God made me like this. God made you overcome fear, nothing else. So accept. We turn back again to our birthright, to our birth duty to find God, to bless this earth. We can't 
hardly overcome anything. Can you please explain Manjushri's sword and its application to everyday life? Manjushri's sword is the supreme wisdom. It's the sword of wisdom which is uh, prescribed in the Buddhist sutra. Yeah, it means when you have wisdom, you cut through all attachments and entanglements and obstacles in this world. So it is likened to a sword which cuts everything. <laughs> it doesn't actually have a sword, just the wisdom which cuts through all things. So we are not bound in this world anymore. That's just a parable. Manchusri is a Sanskrit term which denotes a bodhisattva in Shikamuni Buddha's time. He was one of his greatest disciples. And his name is Manchusri. And he's supposed to have a sword to cut through all obstacles and everything. That's called the sword of wisdom. Okay? If one is a practicing tantric worshipper of the goddess, working with the senses, how would this path affect this practice? It doesn't affect it, but I think you have been graduated. Huh? You work with the senses, and now is the time to work with the soul. <laughs> if you wish to go higher, then you just practice this path. How many gods are in this world. Trillions, trillions of gods. Look at you. All of you are gods. <laughs> Just you don't know it. <laughs> there are four principal points in Buddhism. First, suffering. Second, the origins of suffering. Third, release from suffering. Fourth, to approach salvation or enlightenment. Later on, Sakyamuni Buddha found the only thing to gain absolute emancipation is to suppress the ego, self-denial, mm -hmm. because the self is the origin of suffering. In Buddhism, why is it necessary to suppress one's ego when it is so crucial on most levels for survival and self-respect in a practical sense? Mm. Actually, the Buddha did not mean that we have to uh, humble ourselves in the society or cut down our success just because we want to suppress the ego. Actually, to suppress the ego is not by mental practice, not by observation, not by doing anything. It's just by getting in touch with the kingdom of God. Get to know the higher ego, the higher one. If you know something better, then of course you automatically, <laughs> the lesser one, you will not rely on. Suppressing the ego doesn't mean we have to go through a vigorous uh, asceticism or do anything about it, or have to wear uh, very dirty clothes in order to show our holiness inside or to make people think that we are having no ego. To have no ego means you already merge within the God kingdom. You do without doing anymore. You heal without healing. And you do things according to God's will and never claim credit. But still, in the social life, we keep the same position. 
we do the same work, perhaps, if that's God's will. If should God will us to forsake our duty or job then and do other things for Him, then we would do it. At that time, we truly suppress the ego, but without losing self-respect or the position in the society and also the respect from other people. We would just absolutely surrender. And we do many things without even knowing, without claiming any credit for it, because at that time we know everything is God doing. It's the supreme power of the universe, which we are part of it, that does things. That is a true suppression of ego. What happens to a person after they die and are waiting to be reborn? I think we better take care of the living. If your deeds are truly pure, your mental is absolutely noble, your action is uh, high quality and beneficial to the world, your wisdom is clear, then of course after you die, you know where you go, and you know right now even. Just sit and, or don't sit and we know heaven, we know where we will be after death. By the way, the initiate people will be informed three days at least in advance before his death. So he will know where he go and to prepare his worldly obligation before he left the world. At that time, probably you will inform me where you go, what happened to you. Hmm? <laughs> Otherwise, uh, I don't know now. Heaven has not told me that I'm going to die three days yet, so I don't know. <laughs> okay, we better take care of the living. Hmm? Take care of ourselves while we live, and then we know how we die. It's no need for me to answer because each one is different. The individual death is different, the individual way is different. Look at your present and know what awaits for you in the future. If your life now virtuous, clean, sympathetic to all and respecting to the highest spiritual value, then you surely go to heaven and nothing happens to you after death. You immediately go to heaven. Okay? And if otherwise, opposite-wise, then maybe... Uh, Maybe the angel of death already has your name in his waiting list. <laughs> somewhere else below or <laughs> somewhere a little bit not very bright, yeah. Is it true that when a person gains enlightenment, the person's family in six generations benefit? Can you please explain further? Five or six generations is this just a saying. It could be more than that more than that, and even friends and those we loved and sympathized with, we get benefit as well and get liberation or merit accordingly. I am a Christian. I have Jesus' photo in my room. May I put your photo next to it? If you wish. I don't think Jesus uh, will be very jealous about it. <laughs> I think he will be okay. I am already baptized. May I receive initiation from you? Oh, sure. With honor. Why not? Is there any value in suffering? Yes. Great value. So that we learn to go upward and we don't sink to suffering again. Sometimes, if God bless us so much, we do not appreciate it. 
and we do not think of God and do not remember to go back to the kingdom. When suffering comes, mostly people will pray, I'll remember God. Uh, so last time when I say adieu to the uh, Melbourne fellow practitioners, I say, remember me at least when you're in trouble. <laughs> if there are the connection between spiritual life and physical life, then what method do we need to follow to get the result within our limited life? Right, correct. That's a good question. We don't use any physical means at all. That's why when we get initiation, we don't speak even. We might give some instruction before, like how do you sit so that you're comfortable, <laughs> and uh, uh, where should you pay your attention, how to collect your attention, that's all. But when we transmit, it truly help you to remind you how to awaken yourself, we don't speak at all. Both of the so-called teacher and the so-called students were in silence. But in silence, we receive the Tao. We don't use any physical mean at all, nothing of the physical. Because from the physical, we can't attain the non-physical. <laughs> from the ephemeral, we can't attain the eternal. That's why other methods with concern with physical body is not very uh, everlasting. Hmm? What is initiation? <laughs> you tell them, please, you know it. As we mentioned before, Master arrived. Master is a guide, someone who has been there, who is offering to take us to a certain place, level, whatever you like to call it. The conditions for initiation you can see outside at the initiation desk. That's the five precepts, not to kill, not to tell a lie, no sexual misconduct, not to steal, and not to take things which are unhealthy or things which are detrimental to the body. And not to kill also includes, of course, a vegetarian diet. The other condition for initiation is to meditate two and a half hours a day. That can be divided, yeah. Yeah, which does not mean necessarily has to be two and a half hours at one go. It can be an hour in the morning, half an hour at lunch an hour at night, as it is convenient for you. This is on the physical level only. It's the time has come that you realize that you're greater than the body and you would like to know more about your own great self, that you truly would like to fulfill our human duties on earth as God prescribed it. That is the inner awakening. It's not only the physical, fulfilling of these uh, precepts and that and this and other. It is truly the time that yourself awaken and wanting to know more about yourself. That is true initiation. With sincerity, we want to know the kingdom of God. One of the precepts for initiation is to avoid sexual misconduct. What do you define as sexual misconduct? Well, it's just like you already having one wife and you're not satisfied. And probably would like to share the neighbors. <laughs> Without permission, yes. It's all right with permission, I don't mind. 
if good people go to heaven and bad people go to hell, where does that leave the not so bad nor good people? Probably the in between, huh? <laughs> or maybe they go to hell a little bit and go heaven a little bit, huh? Have fun in both sides. Yeah. They stay in between, they go back to the human life. Hmm? Because they don't belong to heaven and do not belong to hell, so they belong to the human standard. They go back and relearn the lesson that they have not learned while they are in the human form.